Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Now, the internationally acclaimed play Every Brilliant Thing will be staged as part of the Galway Arts Festival from tomorrow, July 17th. Dealing with depression and the lengths we will go to for those we love, it is nonetheless a wonderfully uplifting play described by critics as heart-wrenching but hilarious. The play's director has, however, a rather unusual idea connected to the play, which involves us all. And director Andrew Flynn joins me now. Morning, Andrew. Lovely to speak to you again. Miriam, how are you? Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, my pleasure. Listen, before we chat about your idea that you have springing from the play, tell me first a little about the play Every Brilliant Thing. Okay, well, Every Brilliant Thing um, was written by uh, um, a writer called Duncan Macmillan. And it's a magical piece of theatre. A long time ago, um, a lecturer told me, for theatre to exist, all you need is an actor, a space and an audience. And this is what every brilliant thing is. It's a very simple strip back production with a wonderful story. It tells the story of a young girl whose mammy has mental health issues. And I suppose in her own way, when she's seven, to try and help her, she starts a list of every brilliant thing, everything that is brilliant in the world. And I think the first entry on her list was ice cream. I think roller coasters featured I think uh, the colour yellow and being allowed to stay up late watching TV. And the play goes on um, and I suppose charts the character's life as she becomes a teenager and her mother continues to battle with depression. And as she moves into adulthood and faces her own challenges like leaving home, uh, you know, getting involved with relationships and having, you know, issues with her own mental health, the list grows and grows and grows. And the story... I suppose, is a very human one. And it's, it, it, the, the play tackles that subject, mental health, and how to deal with it and how to, I suppose, speak about it and the importance of speaking about it. And I suppose most people, when you say, oh, the play deals with mental health, people go, oh, God, it must be very, very sad. But what is remarkable about this piece is that, yes, there's sadness, but it is so, so uplifting, so funny, so informative. And I guarantee you, people leave the theatre with a smile on their face. It's just, it's it's like, it's like Santa Claus. It has that kind of magic. <laughs> and Andro, there is audience participation, isn't there? I mean, tell me about that. And if there's any reluctance on the part of the audience to get involved. Uh, participation might be too strong a word. I suppose the audience are, are, are involved in the storytelling and it's done in a really gentle way. So they might be asked to give her a prop she may need a pen from someone's bag or a piece of fruit that someone might have on them. And if they don't, Claire Barrett, who's an incredible in this show, has to find a way around it. She might ask them to read uh, a line from, from um, she has cards with, with some list entries that are on her list. And she might ask someone in the audience to read them out. Someone else might be asked to volunteer as, um, as, a, as a guide or as a, you know, um, just just to help her create the magic of the world. It's not that you're going to be put on the spot and made to come up with a <laughs> massive script or anything. So it's done really gently. And it's funny, we had our, our second preview last night and I met a woman coming out and she said, at the start of the show, she was scared of that idea. But she was the first one when when Claire looked for a volunteer about two thirds of the way through the show, <laughs> she jumped up. So it's it, the participation. It really is just helping to tell the story. And it's no one is forced into anything that they don't want to do or reluctant. You know, if someone feels uh, unsafe, 
Claire won't she will she won't invite them. So, but it is an added beauty in the show because it's different, completely different every night. And depending on how the audience react to things or what happens, so. Last night, there was nobody with a piece of fruit in the audience. So, <laughs> so it, 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 it takes a different route from that. And that's part of, I suppose, what Duncan Macmillan has done. It's, it's a really unique uh, piece of theatre. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Now, you, Andrew, want to extend the list beyond the theatre. I mean, what are you hoping to try to do? OK, now this is just an ocean, and I know it's probably very, very, very ambitious. But... Um, in, in, in the list, in Duncan's list, now he doesn't provide you with an actual list, there's list entries in the script, but at a certain point in the play, you realise that the character has a million things on the list. And I suppose when we sat down to, to work this piece, we thought, wouldn't it be wonderful, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an Irish production, to create our own list. So that began, Miriam, with going out to schools. So I went out to schools and, and chatted to primary children because it, it begins as a seven-year-old. And I asked, you know, in the classes I went, I asked them all to to write out 10 things they love and they could put Mm. pictures in or they could just do drawings. Some of the entries were just like one child from Hedford said they loved the smell of silage. Um, Someone else (laughs) said they loved the smell of diesel. A lot of people (laughs) love their 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 pets. And then we went to some retirement homes and and some of the the entries were hearing the cuckoo and being on a boat under Schlieve Leach uh, the first catch of fresh mackerel. So the, it it, it kind of was inspiring. And everyone we spoke to um, said it was a really lovely thing to do, to take five minutes out to draw a list of 10 things uh, that is brilliant in the world and personal to them. So we're kind of hoping that this could grow and literally sending emails or texts to friends and colleagues. The list has grown. We're up somewhere at about 50,000 now. And it's 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 but it is it's it's just it's a fun thing to do. And we're just reaching out a little bit like the ice bucket challenge took off. We're kind of hoping over the next two weeks, you know, when people come, we have a table outside the theatre in the marquee and we have a if they want to sit and compile a list, they can leave with us. We'll add it to the list. We have an email address, everybrilliantthinggalway at gmail.com. If people want to email the list, they don't even have to number it. They don't have to put a name. Just 10 things that they love about the world. Um, And it's, you know, thankfully, they're still coming in. And I'm hoping that uh, this could catch fire and... What would be amazing is by the when we when we end on Sunday the thirtieth, if we were a little closer to that million, it would be extraordinary. Now that's a big ask, but it doesn't matter. It's the process that's important, and allowing people to to create their their own little personal list, I suppose. No, it's a lovely idea because it's a really positive idea, Andrew. So as you say, every brilliant thing go away at gmail dot com. So if someone's listening now and they think, yeah, I can do that. I mean, do you want them to make it as personal? So it's Tell them exactly what you would like from them. Yes, I mean, I don't. No one needs to write an essay, <laughs> but it's ten things that they love about the world, or makes them feel uplifted in the world. And the more personal, the better. You know, you will. You, there, there's there's entries that we've gotten, and a lot of people. For example, I think we have about twenty people have said the fella, the smell of fresh cut grass, or clean sheets but uh it's it and that's fine whatever you love put it down but you know other people have given more personal things like um we had one person talking about they they were obviously a swim all year round 
and it's the moment before they they enter the water. Um, you know, so it it can be it can be anything that is personal makes it kind of more special. But what what is interesting, and again, this is feedback we're getting. People have said, you know, one one woman said to me yesterday, it's a great way to start the day mm. to just think about ten things. And I suppose we're in a world where you. Negative news is constant. We're constantly hearing about turmoil and mm. bad things. But sitting in that show last night and you're hearing brilliant things about the world and, and about living, it is uplifting. And you kind of take stock and realise, you know what? To be alive is a great, great thing. And um, that's what the piece does. And that's why I think it's so special. And as I said, do not fear the idea that this tackles mental health. It does it in a beautiful, uplifting and special way. Yeah, well, Andrew Flynn, I think it's a great idea. And for people listening, it's anonymous. So, you know, they can just send in their list of 10 brilliant things in their world and they can email it, as you said, to everybrilliantthinggoalway at gmail.com. And your play, Every Brilliant Thing, is running as part of the Galway Arts Festival from tomorrow, July the 17th to July the 30th at Nuns Island Theatre in Galway. Andrew Flynn, Flynn, well done. Thanks as ever for chatting to me. Thanks, Miriam. 